Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 32494, the earliest show in the archive, 32494. My interview with Donald Trump from 110-2011. 110-2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash savagepremium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Are we on the verge of a nuclear war? You think this is just rhetoric? I hope it is. But something just came out. As we were about to put this away and get it ready for posting for you to listen to about the drone attack that took place on the Kremlin, I received this from Colonel McGinnis just this morning, and he said this to my producer, Karen. He said, Karen, Dr. Savage's sense about the seriousness of the drone attack took on more importance given statements from both Putin's spokesman and a former Russian president, and it comes from Robert Lee McGinnis just this morning as we go to press and the article is no article it's his, his, he wrote this this morning it says russia accuses washington of alleged drone attack on moscow's kremlin and here is what colonel mcginnis wrote just today it's not a laughing matter when the world's largest nuclear state accuses the other leading nuclear power of attacking its center of government with the intent to kill the head of state this was either a false flag operation or the vladimir putin government is getting desperate both Washington and Kiev denied the Kremlin's allegation that they had anything to do with the two drones that allegedly struck Moscow's Kremlin citadel. However, the fact that Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov accused Washington is very significant. We know very well that decisions about such actions, about such terrorist attacks, are made not in Kiev but in Washington, unquote. Over the 14-month history of Russia's war against Ukraine, the Kremlin increasingly linked the U.S. to the war. The Biden administration argues it is only arming Ukraine to defend itself and for that nation to retake territory Moscow has illegally seized. Meanwhile, Colonel McGinnis goes on to say today, in the wake of the drone attack, former Russian President Medvedev called for the assassination of Ukrainian President Zelensky. Spokesman Peskov declined to say whether Moscow considers Zelensky a target, even though it was widely reported early in the war that Russia's Wagner Group, oh boy, had a hit team inside Kiev. It is yet to be determined whether the alleged drone attack on the Kremlin is a false flag operation to create a pretext for Moscow to escalate operations beyond Ukraine, Colonel McGinnis writes. It is obvious that key Russians are pushing that view and therefore perception may dangerously trip into reality. He concludes as follows. The Biden administration should have long ago secretly negotiated an end to this war. The conflict has already unsettled the world's economy and left many hundreds of thousands of dead and cost hundreds of billions of dollars in arms, not to mention the damage done to Ukraine. It's way past time all sides get serious about ending this war before hostilities spill beyond the boundaries of Ukraine and directly involve both NATO and the United States that came to us this morning from Colonel McGinnis. Now, I should add that the headlines themselves are quite alarming. Russia claims U.S. masterminded drone attack on Kremlin. 
We go to the left-wing Drudge Report. The left-wing Drudge Report says Russia says USA masterminded drone attack on Kremlin. Is it real or a false flag? Zelensky visits international criminal court. Is that to commit himself to the criminal court? Oh, I see. That's lining up Putin, I see. Ukraine's leader takes plea for justice to war crimes court. He's escalating as fast as he can the conflict, and people have to step in and stop this right now before it's soon too late. This is getting out of control. We cannot let a Zelensky of the world drag the world into a world war, can we? Hmm, My God, it's getting worse. You know, my worst fear here, and I know this is a little off the uh, track, but I believe that Israel could be dragged into this situation in another false flag operation. You say, what? Well, that's going to be time for another podcast. I believe it's plausible that Russia itself could set up a nuclear strike on Israel and claim Iran did it in order to drag Biden and his fools, his band of unmarried pranksters, into yet another war. Anything is possible with these college lunatics. This is Michael Savage. We're living in very perilous times. Pay attention and thank you for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. All right, folks, welcome back to the Michael Savage podcast. Big story. Russia threatens nuclear retaliation after accusing Ukraine of trying to assassinate Putin with drone strikes on Kremlin. Okay, so we've all heard the theories. It's a false flag by the FSB and Russia is now using this as an excuse to go after Ukraine. Ukraine says they didn't do it. I don't know who to believe. Truthfully, I don't trust Zelensky as far as I can throw an elephant any more than I trust Putin, personally, I'm reading a novel by Jack Carr called Only the Dead Colonel. Are you aware of of Jack Carr's novels by any chance? I've heard his name. I have not read one of his novels. He's a former 20 year special force, a great novelist. But in it called Only the Dead, which isn't out yet, he writes things about the Russia-Ukraine war. The book isn't even out yet. That seems so appropriate. So he I'm going to read something to you here because it's related to what we're talking about. And it's Russians talking amongst themselves as fictionalized by Jack Carr. And he talks about uh, this. He says, sanctions on Russia and military aid for Ukraine, Kozak said. He liked to use the American legal and military vernacular to help uh, describe things. He said, they exploit the compassion of their own people to enrich their friends in the defense industry. They accuse us of consolidating power and wealth in the hands of an oligarchy when they have the very same system in the United States. Politicians, defense tech, pharmaceuticals. They have their oligarchy, too. They just refuse to acknowledge it. And then he says their Time magazine just praised the Ukrainian president as their, quote, man of the year, Levitsky offered. They honor a man who outlaws opposition parties, shuts down the Ukrainian Orthodox Church and uses American tax dollars to solidify his grip on power. So that's the Russian cynical view of uh, Zelensky, the American hero. And here in this country, we hear that we're about to run out of money, but we just authorized That is Biden authorized another three hundred million dollars for Ukraine. We can't afford this. We know that videos emerged from Moscow showing an explosion of a drone over the Kremlin. Again, as I repeat myself, Russia says this was an assassination attempt on Putin. Ukraine swiftly denies any such plot. Colonel, you're the military man. What do you think is going on here? Yeah, I tend to think it is false flag. Um, Dr. Savage, uh, you know, 
before the war, um, Wagner was over in Kiev trying to assassinate Zelensky. They failed. Mm. Uh, and this time around, of course, with Russia, you know, with massive casualties, um, their economy not doing so well, Putin losing uh, domestic support, and the oligarchs just raving mad at him because of what he's done to the economy, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, you would expect that he would look for some sort of out. Right. Um, now, I, I, you know, it's not as if the Ukrainians couldn't buy off the shelf some drones. I do believe they used some drones uh, months ago to attack a Russian uh, strategic air base uh, a few hundred miles from their border. They probably had special forces people take those up nearby and use them uh, to attack those uh, Tu-95s. However, uh, it could also be uh, that... Uh, you know, some internal uh, dissent, you know, some people that you just don't like Putin for a variety of reasons, whether they're Chechens or, you know, some disgruntled Syrians because of Russian uh, participation in that war and, and a host of other players. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of suspects here. You know, but, you know, Putin does not stay uh, in the Kremlin. Um, he stays south of town in his DACA. Uh, he is not the type of person that is easily going to be found because FSB is around him all the time. And so this is just, you know, Kremlin spin, and we should expect that. Uh, lying is uh, just part and parcel of what yeah. they do every day with their, you know, PR campaigns, their uh, propaganda that they spread all over the world. Well, I, I my first instinct was, since nothing really happened from the, quote, drone attack, that Russia was going to use it as a pretext to retaliate so-called and now they've escalated the retaliatory threat saying nuclear retaliation accusing ukraine of trying to assassinate putin with drone strikes so they're justifying what they're about to do uh, which leads us to the next question colonel which is will they use tactical nukes as we have been fearing all along or they don't even have to according to the weapons that we see being used they could do a lot of damage with conventional bombs, couldn't they? Yeah. Well, I argued in a piece that I think uh, Western Journal published it last year that, uh, yeah, you know, Putin has uh, very few scruples about using tactical nuclear weapons. Um, now, you know, there's some fallback, obviously, uh, internal within Ukraine, should that happen because he creates no-go zones and the like. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Biden and company would shake their hands and, you know, cry out and say that this is inhumane. But, you know, th that's just the nature of what Putin would do. Uh, I don't think that, you know, the posturing that he's done already, he threatened in March of 2021 that he would do this. Uh, he threatened again twice subsequently to that. You, you, you mean Putin has been threatening over and yeah. over again. It's like the wolf keeps crying. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and you last... know, everyone's saying, what is this? What what happened to this great Russian military offensive that we all heard was coming this winter? It never happened. Yeah, well, the, the Russian analysts at various uh, intelligence agencies, you know, really failed uh, their bosses. Uh, you know, back in the Cold War when I was in Europe, um, and I actually went to Russia during that time. You know, 
we knew pretty well what they had and the reliability of their T-62s and you know, T-55s, how many they had, uh, where their various munitions were stored, what their mm-hmm. you know plans were and the like. Yeah, I, I think we just totally uh, lost the, uh, the focus and the people that were advising NATO and the people advising even the U.S. government uh, just did not understand the Russians, much less their capability. Well, uh, Colonel, that's because we didn't have enough transsexuals in the intelligence service. <laughs> okay. but, but now that we're there, now that the U.S. Navy is using a, um, I guess it's a transsexual as a recruiting agent, meaning uh, no, a picture of a trans, and they're wondering why the re- yeah. recruitments are down. Maybe that will solve the problem. But yeah, I'm being uh, you know, overly and, and, and boringly badly sarcastic. Well, well, that you know, Michael, that is part of the problem with the you know the, the army's not going to make its its numbers this year either. And I I looked at what they were saying, the secretary and the chief of staff, and you know I, I I know some of these people, and you know they're they're making all sorts of excuses. The reality is, you know, there is a segment of our population that doesn't like the direction of the military and how it's become woke. Now there are other issues that involve standards. You know, people are too fat in this country. Uh, they have all sorts of criminal backgrounds. So the the population that we can draw from uh, is dwindling. So that <laughs> well, that's it will soon it'll be like the Wagner Group. We'll have to recruit from the prisons, Colonel. Colonel. Well, the Wagner Group, you know, makes a lot of money, and you know they, <laughs> in fact, they've been in Sudan uh, here of late and you know, creating problems, obviously, between the two generals that are likely to carry on this civil war, but they're all over the world and and they are making good money. But Colonel, we've come off two very embarrassing defeats as a military power. I don't have to mention them again, Iraq and Afghanistan. They were embarrassing defeats for sure. We can't meet recruiting goals. Uh, We're dependent on Canada, OPEC and Russia for the oil that runs our economy. And, And and our national defense and most of the products in our shelves right now come from China and the precursor drugs, as we all know, for our antibiotics also come from China. So we're rather a dependent nation under Biden. This is going on. Instead of stepping in and trying to stop it, we're adding fuel to the fire and getting back to the uh, drone attack on, on on the Kremlin. Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, now a top Putin security official, just called for the elimination of Zelensky. Here's what he said. Chillingly, he said, after today's terrorist attack, there are no options left except for the physical elimination of Zelensky and his cabal. He said it is not even needed to sign an act of unconditional surrender. So it's a pretext for war from the pro-militant, the very militant side of the Russian Federation, right? I mean, that's what we're seeing here. Oh, yeah. Well, Medvedev is, of course, he's, he was a president at one point, and, and he is a big fan of, I, based on his statements, of using nuclear weapons. So I, I'm not surprised. What In this mix, though, and, and this is important, you know, that here this past week, uh, President Xi talked to Zelensky. Yeah. Know, I suppose weeks after when many of us thought that he should have, uh, and it it really looks pro forma. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Uh, but uh, well, Zelensky swiped it away like he was a fly. I was shocked yeah. that, that little tiny Zelensky would dismiss great China as insignificant. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. 
Yeah, it, it it should have um, gotten more press. It didn't. And of course not. They were interested in in uh, in other important topics. Well, th- this is uh, you know, Chi will not be dismissed easily. Uh, if you do mm. what Zelensky did, you know, there will be retribution, and he may you know you know turn around and help uh, Putin more, you know, just to put Zelensky uh. in his place. So yeah, it's, it's Zelensky and company. They're they're up in the Nordic lands finland uh today asking for more help um, and more munitions they really emptied their arsenals uh this winter and now they're begging for 155 munitions and air defense systems and the like and of course um a lot of the nato countries are going to be accommodating the nordics i i think because they've had a lot of rough times with the russians or are likely to step up to the plate, uh, especially now that Finland is a, a NATO member. And of course, Sweden is likely after Turkey decides that it's finally going to acquiesce and, and approve its uh, its uh, membership in NATO. So you have a host of things going on, but the Ukrainians aren't afraid of asking for things and, no. and they're likely to get them. The Savage Nation, it's Savage On Demand. Pro-Putin Just Russia Party leader Sergei Miranov, another name that's popping up, said this is the very real Casas Belli, a pretext for war. He urged the liquidation of Ukraine's terrorist top brass. I'm quoting now. We have something to hit their bunkers with, unquote. Senior politician Alexei Zhuravlev urged, quote, it is necessary to target the center of Kiev, destroy the president's office, destroy to the ground the Ukrainian parliament the general staff and the buildings housing the Ukrainian special services. MP Mikhail Sheremet said it's time to launch a missile strike on Zelensky's residence in Kiev. So it looks to me like they're getting ready to do something. I don't see how many times, Colonel, they can they can cry wolf and do nothing. What do you think? No, uh, certainly they're they're fanning the flames for nationalism and saying that Russia uh, Putin and you know the capital have been under attack by the Ukrainians, and therefore that justifies pulling out all stops. Now, where they in fact do stop uh, is, is the big question. Whether it will go nuclear is is hard to know. I know that earlier in the last day or so, the, they were they failed to launch some uh, rockets that were aimed at Ukraine from Tu ninety five over the Caspian. Uh, which would have been a good standoff, and they were just practicing that, but they failed. And, you know, the the technology that the Russians are bringing to the fight is very disappointing for those that were Mm. thinking that the Russians were going to do much, much better two years ago, and now uh, they're falling flat. Now, that didn't mean that the Chinese won't step up and assist, but um, they're running out of uh, ammunition and goodwill at home. And so Putin is resorting to, you know, perhaps some desperation here and mm. you know, creating these false flags. You know, if if they really were a couple of drones that uh, landed near the flag on top of the Kremlin, then they had to produce the evidence. It's interesting that just a couple of days ago, the mayor of Moscow banned all uh, drone flying in the Russian capital, you know, saying it hurts uh, law enforcement. Well, it could well be that this was an orchestrated strike by, you know, allies of Putin to 
create this situation so that, you know, he could further call up more for his conscription aims and in Ukraine and also, you know, just seal down any dissent that might be across that nation because the dissent is real. It may not be as public as many of us would expect, but if you speak up in that culture, uh, you're ending up in some sort of gulag somewhere. Well, we we are getting the same thing. We wind up in the gulag of Twitter or Facebook if we speak up, but that's nothing compared to winding up in a in a sealed site somewhere in a, in a dark cell. Meanwhile, Ukraine has been suspected of being behind a wave of kamikaze drone strikes on other Russian targets, including an oil depot and a military airfield. They attacked the headquarters of the FSB spy service and a train, again, believed to be the work of uh, Zelensky's forces. People don't even know this, but the first attack sent smoke thousands of feet into the air near to Putin's prized bridge linking Russia's Crimea. The attack is the latest in a rising tide of apparent strikes by Ukraine on Russian territory in the war between the two countries. Another attack was a mass drone attack on a Russian military air base in the Bryansk region. Two drones were shot down using small arms, but two exploded on the airfield with one damaging a giant Ruslan AN-124 transport plane, putting it out of service. In another attack, a blast rocked a secret training base of the FSB security service near Simferopol, the capital of Crimea. And this goes on and on. And a freight train made up of 20 oil tanker carriages derailed also in the Bryansk region. The second track explosion in two in two days, days after Ukrainian forces were believed to have hit an oil depot in Crimea itself. And by the way, I should mention to my listeners, if they don't know it already, Ukrainian drones have already crashed their Moscow, while Kiev has been suspected of being behind sabotage attacks carried out near the city on shopping malls, as well as energy facilities in Russia. So now we're reading that Kiev plotted an, a, an attack on Moscow to mark the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. Leaked spy documents have revealed. But these strikes were called off after the United States intervened and warned Kiev its plan could lead to a nuclear war. Well, Kiev is saying they didn't do it. Russia says they did do it. I think that at this point, Russia or Putin has cried wolf too many times not only for the world to see, but for his own people to see, Colonel, don't you? Yeah, I do. Now, if Ukraine does have drones, uh, they have a variety of drones they get from a host of um, sources, some of which they don't acknowledge. And so they're going to deploy those drones to the strategic interest. Um, and so I'm not making any news. I'm just saying that you know, if I were in their situation and I knew that there was a train coming from, you know, somewhere in Russia with ammunition, I'd try to blow it up. Uh, if there were people that uh, were, you know, involved in planning to kill Ukrainians, I'd probably try to blow it up. So, you know, Crimea is right there. And so it, the drone ranges are not that uh, long, but it wouldn't mm. be hard for special ops people to target those and destroy and really undermine what's going on in Crimea. So, you know, none of this is surprising. This is what you expect in a war. And and yes. they've taken both sides have taken tremendous casualties. Mm. And now Putin, I think, will use whatever necessary. You know, if this is a fabricated false flag operation, then he'll he'll just step it up. But, you know, he is literally running out of certain types of munitions to do what he's been doing for, 
in the last 14 months. So that's Putin's running out of munitions. Right. And as long as the West continues supplies to Zelensky, which it appears to be the case, then uh, he actually might be able to outgun the Russians unless the Chinese step in and begin to pour in more munitions. And and uh, we haven't seen in the open press any indication of that. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Oh, but we're a nation in decline in many ways under Biden. Everybody knows that, and whether it's on the streets of the cities of this country, where major stores are pulling out of San Francisco, New York, Chicago because of street crime. It seems to, uh, seems to be a lawlessness pervading the land under Biden and an international lawlessness, almost a madness from my point of view, meaning no attempt to stop this conflict only to make it worse. No attempt to seek a resolution only to make it worse. No advice from the president of the two sides getting together, only killing each other, more of them. So let's say we hear 100,000 on one side were killed and 50,000 or 75,000 on the other. These numbers are enormous. Enormous numbers of men have died. Eight million Ukrainians have been driven out of their homes. And this administration has not sought to end this conflict. Why do you think that is? I mean, I've read that the theory here is to deplete Russia militarily, wear them down through a war of attrition. But now Russia's threatening nuclear retaliation. It may be the only thing they have left. What do you think? Well, it's certainly the only reliable thing they may have left. Now, ah. they have, what, 6,500 you know, warheads, you know, some of which can't be used. Right. They're atrophied. Uh, but they are equipping some tactical nuke missiles in Belarus, and they have other that are forward. You well, know, what is a tactical nuke? We hear the word tactical 10 nuke. Kilogra- 10 kiloton uh, nuclear round would probably... Uh, make a hole, you know, what, 500 meters, and then the radiation would go out about 10 kilometers. Uh, so it, it's going to make a, a a pretty sad place. It's 10 kilometers really, from the 10 kilometers from the site of explosion. Right. It's some contamination. So th- th- how much bigger is that than the, than the bombs Hiroshima. dropped? The, yeah, Hiroshima. Yeah, it's uh, Nagasaki. The uh, those were. Those were much smaller than some of the, what we consider tactical nuclear weapons. Smaller. Today. So the ones dropped on Japan were smaller than the so-called tactical nuclear weapons. And they're called tactical, meaning because they're limited, so-called, in, in, in the scope of uh, damage. Right? Uh, the scope of damage and also the range that we would you know, fire them from friendly forces and how we would deliver. You know, we used to have uh, artillery rounds that we would... Yeah, were nuclear artillery rounds, and mm. during the Cold War, you know, when I was on the the, the border, we would plan to to deploy in the middle of large phalanxes of Russian T sixty two tanks coming toward us. We would we were planning to drop, you know, those, and that would fry the whatever was below it. Now, you have a host of these types of weapons that can be either dropped through ballistic missiles, artillery, and or uh, craters, uh, you know, waiting for some element of a unit to go across a particular point and then detonate it. Mm. Uh, 
most of what the Russians are threatening are on short-range ballistic missiles. Uh, like I say, in uh, Kaliningrad, or Kalinistan, I forget the name of the little um, place just north of Poland that belongs to the Russians. And also you have uh, the new movement in Belarus, which is just north of Ukraine. And then, of course, you have likely some in Crimea, which is under attack, as you indicated earlier. So, mm. you know, the use of nuclear weapons or chemical weapons, the Russians, we believe, probably still have. They had a massive inventory. Supposedly, they were they were destroyed, but you, know, you can't believe the Russians on anything. And then, of course, uh, no, we, I, we're used to their their bluster. We're used to their, uh, you know, uh, well, they've always done that. They did it certainly during the Cold War. And I don't think they, you know, limited you know, what they've done over the last you know number of decades uh, post Cold War. I had they a had, night. I've had a nightmare that we're liable to nuke Moscow before long. I had a terrible fear of that. What do you think? That who would? We, the United States, could step in and nuke Moscow yeah. out of some foolish idea that we could end the war by doing that. What do you think? I mean, that's a no. crazy thought. I understand. No, I, I don't, you know, as irrational as the Biden administration, yeah. I think there, there are enough people with some common sense in Europe uh, that would actually have their, some sort of control over our tactical and our strategic <laughs> Nukes I don't know. It's like it's like 10 days in May to me. We don't know yeah. who's in charge of anything. Here's another headline similar to what we heard earlier. Ranting Moscow security chiefs, including former President Medvedev, call for Zelensky to be assassinated and Kiev destroyed in nuke revenge for drone strikes. The Kremlin, as Ukraine denies, trying to blow up Putin. So if you're playing a silly game of public relations back and forth and bluster and whatnot, Russia has to act now, don't they? Well, yeah, I think it was a pretext. You know, I've been saying that, you know, throughout the program. Uh, I think well, Russia's were, seeking to unite their own people behind oh, the well, president. Yeah, that's a twofold effort. You know, they would like to get rid of Zelensky because he's kind of uh, the, the nationalist that is drawing that country and keeping uh, the weapons flowing and you know, rallying the troops. But I think they'll do their best to send Wagner in there uh, to assassinate him and his or his family uh, and those around him. So that's probably, you know, something that they'll wretched up. Whether or not, you know, the calculation, I think you have to ask the Chinese if they're going to allow Putin to drop a, a 10 KT or something in downtown Kiev, because I don't think the Chinese want that for economic reasons, because it would, you know, they're already too close to Putin by perception. And so I don't think that's going to take place. Now that, you know, Medvedev is is kind of the, the mouthpiece for Putin here because mm -hmm. you're not going to hear things from Putin, but you will from Medvedev and some of the people uh, in their parliament, as you've already quoted from. And they're, they're the tip, typical people that are, you know, making the incendiary statements and, and the, the posturing. Uh, but I think Putin is more rational than that at this point. Uh, he wants to survive. Now, if someone actually wanted to assassinate him, they would. it would probably be from inside and not from a drone strike against the flag on top of the Kremlin, which is, you know, the, the height of lunacy. Well, neither of us know what's going to happen, obviously. We're just speculating, which is OK. Right. We're, they're intelligent speculations. I mean, I'm not a military man, but I'm a very skilled political analyst from at least I think so. Uh, 
you're a very skilled military person. You've been around a long time and, and you have a great background. And we've spoken before and we don't know what is likely to happen, except we don't we know for sure that Biden is not going to ask for peace. That's almost 100 percent sure that this administration seems to be for war, not peace. And I do not understand the rationale behind this other than stupid assumptions or a greedy military industrial complex run by consultants who simply want more money for the military industrial complex. I there's no way to even talk about it. I mean, you've got a parasitic class called uh, what do they call them? The ones who go into Congress and lobby them lobbyists, they're parasites. And they accelerate the demise of America. They're like a cancer destroying the country from within. And I sometimes think they're making the decisions for the nation. Well, the lobbyists often do. You know, they're the ones that, you know, take in the the briefings that are put together nicely. Yeah. And make the compelling arguments as to why we should do things. Now, there's no question the military industrial complex that was Eisenhower warned about is alive and well today. It's it's a, you know, I, I personally know a lot of that, and I can't talk about some of it. No, I'm uh, sure you can't, and I'm sure you counted it. Of course, and and they, there's no country to them. There's no nation. It's only the bottom line. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of money in this. Now, you know, Mr. Biden came into office, and even before he came in, he said he was going to transform America. Well, how do you transform America? You distract them with what's going on, perhaps overseas, and you open the border, you ruin the economy, uh, you tell, you know, men that they're women, uh, you, you know, I mean, you you do everything that he's done, which is a long list of dividing the people in a way that, you know, we fight against each other. And of course, as a result, we see drug use rise, crime out of control Things that uh, a prudent president, one that cared about America, would not allow to happen. But yet this is where we are today. What worries me the most of all the terrible things that are going on is the censorship issue. When I read this morning and it was shocking for me to even see this, I put it on uh, my website and it should be much more widely uh, uh, read. Not the U.S. Navy hiring an active duty drag queen to be the face of the recruitment drive. That's bad enough. It's insanity. But. Listen to this. FBI assists Ukraine in fighting, quote, disinformation on Facebook. I was shocked to read this. A report by Lee Fong, a former journalist for The Intercept, states that the FBI is pressuring Facebook and other social media platforms to censor, quote, disinformation at the behest of Ukrainian officials, even when the information is not false. And they went then to a spokesperson for Ukraine And she said, once we have a trace of evidence of disinformation campaigns via Facebook or other resources that are from the U.S., we pass this information to the FBI, along with writing directly to Facebook, said Ilya Vichuk, head of the Department of Cyber Information Security in the Security Service of Ukraine. Colonel, listen to the rest of this. When people ask me, how do you differentiate whether it is fake or true? Indeed, it is very difficult in such an informational flow, said Vichuk. She says, everything that is against our country, consider it a fake, even if it's not. Right now, for our victory, it is important to have that kind of understanding not to be fooled. So, in other words, anyone who criticizes Ukraine is now considered disseminating disinformation and the FBI comes after them or shuts it down. This is frightening. And if this is what the result of this 
backing of Ukraine results in, Colonel, then we've lost everything. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I, I have to I have to throw this in now. Truman, great president. Many people consider him a great president. And he said this about censorship. He said this once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear, unquote. Can anyone believe this? That was in Truman's day in the 1950s. I don't doubt it. You know, PSYOPs is real. Information operations is real. I will tell you, in 2003, um, I was part of an information operations um, group in the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And we saw how we were using, how the administration and the military was using information operations about Iraq. Now, meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Bush administration and this, I, I go into great detail in a, my new book coming out this summer. What's the title? Uh, um, Divided We Stand. Divided We Stand. Terrible. Yeah. Well, it, and I was directly involved in, in, in things with the Bush administration and with Secretary Rumsfeld. So I, uh, I know firsthand what I talk about in here about how the, uh, the American people were manipulated. And are they doing it now? No doubt. Um, wait, and, wait, you're saying manipulate on the, in the Bush period. Oh, yes. With, with the, the idea of uh, various uh, weapons that didn't exist, that kind of thing. Yeah, weapons of mass destruction. They didn't exist. We knew it. Didn't I knew it. And uh, because of my Iraqi friends that. You know, when we I don't want to go into a lot of detail because the book's coming out, but I, I know with certitude, you know, the things that I write in there about what the Bush administration did and um, how. Okay, got- so all administrations deceive their their citizens. It's been going on probably since ancient times. Yeah. Uh, and so there's nothing new under the sun with regard to governments deceiving the citizenry. No. Which brings us right back to today, which yep. is this drone attack. Okay, so Moscow uh, says Putin survives assassination attempt with a drone attack on the Kremlin to bring it all back to the beginning. No evidence was provided. There's inconsistencies in there are inconsistencies in the story. Ukraine denies involvement. So that could be the Russian government lying to their own people and to the world. And then we have Ukraine lying to their own people, closing down opposition parties, closing down the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Governments lie. They control their citizenry. How does this stop, Colonel? Does it ever? You, you're an experienced man. Does it stop before there's a devastating nuclear weapon used? Well, that, that's obviously the, the primary concern. You know, if someone doesn't take out Putin through real assassination and cooler heads you know, prevail in Moscow uh, and he is further cornered uh, by his own people, as well as by you know, the international media. And if Chi doesn't step in, and because I, I never forget about Chi. Chi's the, the world strong man today. Mm. And he does have, you know, literally, I think he has Putin by the testicles and he will squeeze if he needs to, because, you know, he's buying all the excess energy. He's, he's selling, you know, Putin what he absolutely has to have. 
and he has other mechanisms that uh, Putin cannot afford to ignore. So, you know, if she wanted this war to end, he could end it tomorrow. Uh, well, wait, how could he how could he do that? Well, uh, he could he could provide Putin a, a set of circumstances that if he doesn't abide by what she says, which, you know, certainly could you know, cut off his economic tether that he has. He could, you know, cut off a whole host of other things that he has provided Putin that uh, we're aware of, but we don't talk about. You, so you, mean, you mean China could pressure Putin by cutting oh, yes. off cutting off various supplies. But how do they pressure Ukraine to come to the bargaining table? Well, th that's the different proposition. You know, I think if Putin were to, to say, look, He's going to pull back his his troops to a certain line, maybe the Donbass. Maybe he would even you know move them out of the Donbass, which would of course would you know be something Zelensky wants, uh, and, and then say no, we want a ceasefire. I think that much of the Germans certainly would, the French with Macron just back from China would, and the so as a result, you've got a major block within NATO that would say no. You know, we need to put the brakes on the continuous supply to Ukraine. So if you do that, Zelensky's going to hesitate. And if Putin says no more, then I, I can see that there's there's an end in sight. Now, wow. will the U.S. continue to push things forward? Well, I believe that um, Mr. Biden, you know, needs this distraction. So he'll continue to feed the yeah. monster. Right. That's um, what I'm afraid of which is the problem. And so Chi would have to, you know, and I think Chi could do this, is to call up Biden and say, look, stop, because um, it's not helping us economically. And Chi is more concerned about his own economy than he could care less about the Ukrainians or the Russians dying. He just you know, wants to get things back so that he can go about his long-term ambitions of being more in charge of what's going on in the international arena. Well, here's the last question, which troubles me. If this drone attack on the roof of uh, the Kremlin was an act of the Russians themselves, why would they want to make themselves look vulnerable? What would motivate them to cause such alarm to the citizens of Moscow? How do they benefit by that? Well, he could ratchet up conscription. He could appeal that. You know, this is a, an attack against the Russian people, and therefore uh, they need to, you know, back up whatever Putin tells them that is necessary. Uh, so it's about nationalism. It's about uh, circling the flag and defending the homeland. Um, and, you know, he's already painted Ukraine as a NATO member and the U.S. as the adversary here and just using, you know, Zelensky as the puppet. And so, you know, it's it's a pretty easy thing to manipulate. You know, he, he already controls his press almost like, you know, back in the Cold War era. Uh, and we already know that. So, you know, they they really sanction the, the Internet uh, unless you have some way of going around their firewalls. You're not going to know what's going on outside the country anymore. It's it's really being tightened down. And. Public dissent is not allowed. So it, it's all about, you know, nationalism. It's all about what Putin wants. And if as long as he's in there and he's got the likes of uh, Medvedev and others that are, you know, singing his songs, then, you know, we'll continue 
uh, the killing and will continue the, the, the sad state of affairs in Ukraine. Well, the Navy's hired an active duty drag queen to be the face of the recruitment drive. That's very yeah. intelligent. Yeah. Yeoman second class Joshua Kelly, who has a stage name of Harpy Daniels, oh, goodness. is now the head of uh, recruitment for the U.S. Navy. And I think that's definitely going to help our position against Russia, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Navy digital advisor. What kind of administration would do a thing like this? Well, the Chinese are laughing at us. Uh, you know, they just love this stuff, Dr. Savage. You know, we look like a bunch of morons uh, when, you know, we're allowing our fighting forces to be intimidated uh, like this. And obviously, we're not making our recruitment numbers. And, you know, we're marginalizing our fleet. Uh, we're not buying the, the types of weapons and restocking the weapons. In fact, we're letting our arsenals deplenish for a war that this president has failed to explain why we're you know spending 150 billion or whatever it is the latest number you know so that, there's a lot of things that are going on that it may not make sense but i think for the most part this is by design for the biden administration to you know, redo america in their own image something that uh, i think most of us uh, just are well no well if you here's what they said <laughs> Lisa Franchetti, vice chief of naval operations, Admiral Lisa Franchetti. I doubt she could drive my 12 foot out launch with a 20 foot Yamaha, but she's the vice chief of naval operations. I don't think she could start my Yamaha engine. She said the Navy is projected to fall 6000 recruits short, 16 percent short of its fiscal year goal. And to attract the most talented and diverse workforce, they brought in a drag queen. I rest my case, Colonel. We living in insane times. Yep. Certainly not the times that you were in the military, certainly not the West Point that you knew. Nothing of the world that I knew is the same. And I don't know how this ends. I have no idea. But I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We look forward to your new book, Divided We Stand. When is that coming out, Colonel? Uh, end of July, Dr. Savage. Well, let's hope that we have a civilization <laughs> left <laughs> with yeah. printing presses and ink uh, yes. by then. Colonel, have a wonderful rest of the day, and let's hope to God that cooler heads prevail. Thank you, Dr. Savage. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to speak with you today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.